Welcome to the Develop Basketball Podcast. This is Coach Chevy. Today we have Carrie Moore, North Carolina Women's Basketball Recruiting Coordinator. Enjoy. Can you can you talk about your journey from from high school to um, to where you are now? Yeah. Um, so you know, grew up Metro Detroit area. Played basketball Detroit Country Day. Uh, it was a, a great academic, great basketball school. Um, that propelled me into, you know, playing at the collegiate level, um, had a chance to play at Western Michigan, uh, had a, you know, very good four years, um, especially, you know, individually, collectively, we weren't as good as I would probably have hoped. Um, but individually, uh, you know, played, um, a ton of games, started a lot of games, scored a lot of points. Uh, and, and that, um, helped me, especially my senior year into, um, you know, the professional career that I had and, um, was was pretty short, but had an opportunity to to you know be in two WNBA training camps, um, and then played overseas professionally uh, in Poland, um, and then uh, had an opportunity to go to Princeton as a director of ops, um, and that was kind of an entry level position uh, that kind of you know really opened my eyes to to coaching, um, especially at the Division One level, um, and did that for two years, and then really just you know wanted a niche or had the itch to coach. Um, and so left Princeton, went to Creighton, was there for five years uh, as an assistant, um, and then was out a year. So then I actually coached high school basketball for a year um, and then went back to Princeton as an assistant um, for three years. And then now I am at Carolina. So that's kind of my uh, my short uh, coaching journey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, I forgot that you were actually coaching in high school in between yeah. time. Yeah, that, that, like, that one year I was out. Yeah, I did it for a good season at uh, my alma mater. So that was very cool. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Okay, so what do you think made you um, really, really want to coach? Like, what, like, why do you coach? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us have different, different reasons why we do it. And I think for me, it's... Um, it's because I was influenced as a young woman, um, young basketball player uh, by some great coaches. And so I just, I want to give back in the way that they gave to me when I was younger and the way they motivated me and, you know, encouraged me and pushed me and challenged me and helped me grow and really figure out who I was and what my passions were. Um, that's what I want to do. That's my motivation to do what I'm doing. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, with the relationships that I'm building through, um, you know, through coaching, that's, that's the influence that I've had on, you know, some of the players that I've coached. And so I think it's just being a, you know, about being a servant leader. And uh, that's, that's what kind of comes naturally for me. And, and that's what I enjoy. And that's what I'm passionate about. So um, I definitely think that's why I do it. That's awesome. Um, so like you talked about, you know, some of the people that maybe impacted you and, and got you uh, going in the right direction when you were younger. Is there a particular person that had, you know, a heavy influence on your path? Yeah, uh, I would say, I mean, it's a, it's a stiff competition between two, two people, um, one being my AU coach, because he he's really what introduced me to basketball. I mean, I, I have a somewhat of a unique story, because I didn't really start playing basketball until sixth grade, so, okay. um, so I was kind of a late bloomer, um, and I really saw my best friend playing it outside every single day with her dad, and her dad hooked me up with, you know, her AAU coach, which turned out to be my AAU coach. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he basically instilled, 
you know, the fundamentals of the game, you know, in, in me. And, you know, he was the one that I worked with for years. Uh, and so, you know, I think he, because he introduced me to the game, I think he will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, and then, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, it would be my high school coach. Uh, you know, he's somebody that I, I think of, you know, daily, um, as I'm, you know, coaching now. And I, I hope that I have the impact, you know, on players, um, as much as he had an impact on me. And, you know, he's, he's still a very, very much a, a heavy part of my life today. And, you know, just, just the love and the respect, um, that he, that he had for, for his players and the way that it was reciprocated, you know, to him. Um, you know, I will always remember that. And, you know, he was, he was an older guy, um, but, you know, just found ways to really relate and yeah. build relationships with players. And so I think that that went a long way for me. And, and so I think it's something that I always think about as I, um, as I coach today. For sure. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the high school coach had the huge impact. So, when it came to your development, you know, as you, you started in sixth grade, um, like the day to day, your development, um, what was your philosophy or what was your mentality like as a young player um, in order to get to where you are? Because like you said, you had a pretty, you know, obviously a really good career. Um, you led the nation in scoring your, seri your senior year, which is crazy. Um, so obviously there was a huge jump that was made from sixth grade to um, your senior year in college. So can you talk about what you did in your development to reach that? Yeah, um, I was just a sponge, honestly. I, you know, like I said, I didn't start playing until sixth grade. And so I think as soon as I picked up a basketball, I was just like, holy crap, this is incredibly fun. And I'm actually pretty good at it. And so, um, and I hadn't been doing it up until that point. So there was just this newfound excitement and love and joy for the game. Um, and every time, you know, I stepped on the court, I, I gave gave my best. And that's just... I don't, I don't know if that's just innately who you are, but I think that that is how I've always approached the game when I played it. Um, and even now when I'm coaching it, but you know, back then it was just, I, I just gave a hundred percent, 110% effort every single day. And so, um, I think that work ethic propelled me, you know, from sixth grade to eighth grade, I made a huge jump. And then, you know, obviously from, from ninth grade to 12th grade, uh, you know, made another jump, um, you know, throughout the high school level. And I was able to, to play with a lot of other really good players at my high school. Um, and so I think that had a, a really good impact on me because, um, you know, I probably played with 10 to 15 division one, you know, future division one women's basketball players. So, uh, you know, just learning from them every day and competing against them every day uh, made me better. And as they graduated, I knew I had to step up my game to, you know, to, to really, you know, lead the program, if you will. And so, um, so then I got to college and then, you know, I got to play with the best of the best in terms of, you know, you know, playing at that level. And, um, you know, we always played our non-conference schedule at Western was always, you know, one of the best in the country. And, you know, we played the Notre Dames and the Michigans and, and those type of things. And so, I don't know, I just, I, I had a chip on my shoulder probably just being at a mid-major. And so I always wanted to prove myself. Um, I always wanted to, I always wanted people to know that, you know, improve you know, not only to other people, but to myself that I was good enough. And, right. um, and so I worked at it every single day and it wasn't necessarily something that, you know, someone told me or did to me or whatever. I think it was just, I wanted to be in the gym and it was, who's going to be with me, who's going to help me do this. Um, and I always saw improvement. And so I just, that's kind of what kept me going. That's awesome. That's like perfect. Cause, um, my next question was going to be, you know, like, obviously you got, you know, recruited, 
Um, you're a really good player in high school. You played for a very, very good high school program, had a good, really good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, in your recruiting process, what made you choose Western Michigan? Um, and what exactly were you looking at when you were making your decision um, as you were getting recruited? Yeah, um, so my recruiting process was uh, just a little um, un- unorthodox just because I, I tore my ACL my junior year. And so um, I think ninth through probably 11th grade pre-ACL, I, I had sites, I had my sights on playing in the Big Ten. And I think ideally I wanted to, my dream school was Michigan um, and I wanted to play there and uh, just always had. I mean, just coming from Country Day, Michigan just made right. sense in terms of, you know, the academic and the basketball portion um and you know I just remember them being incredibly guard heavy at the time and you know I tore my ACL and then um you know I got that kind of and I don't know I you know I have a selective memory but I really feel like this happened and (laughs) so I feel like there was a phone call that happened that was uh you know basically like hey you know you know really sorry for you know sorry about the injury you know we just in terms of the recruiting process we, we really just need to see you play more Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, can't really make decisions until that happens. And so, um, I felt like I got that type of phone call from a lot of the, the BCS schools, um, yeah. and a lot of the mid majors were, you know, Oh, we, you know, we love you. We, we know you're going to come back strong. You know, this doesn't change anything, you know, yeah. about how we feel about you throughout the recruiting process. So, um, and Western was one of those schools. And I remember just going on the, the official visit, um, I think it was one of maybe three visits that I went on and it was, I don't know, it just felt like home for me. I mean, the, the players, you know, they, they, they just loved on me for the, the 48 hours that I was there and it just felt like a place that I, I needed to be. Um, and so that ultimately, you know, made me choose Western. Um, and I think that, you know, like I said, I just, because I felt like I had my sights you know, on the Big Ten, I think I always, you know, played that way when I ended up going there. Right. Okay. Was there a second part to that question that I completely missed? Or No, no, that was good. That <laughs> okay. Was really good. Um, so did you have a list? Did you, like, make – did you do anything outside of, you know, the feel of it? And, um, and yeah. they did a good job of being persistent and having faith in you as you got, you know, through your injury. Um, prior to that, did you have, like – I mean, obviously you wanted to go to Michigan – um, did you have a plan? Um, like, you know, did you make a pros and cons list? Did you do anything that kind of would help you make a decision? Yeah. Um, so I think going or looking back on it now, I wish I knew then what I know now because yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like my process would have been totally different. I feel like, uh, I feel like my parents impacted my process a lot just in terms of, you know, um, you know, kind of what they thought is, you know, made a, made a, a big impact on what I thought, um, at the time, but I really felt, uh, that, you know, Western was, was definitely a place that I I felt good about. Um, I do remember sitting down at the table. It came down to, to Western and Kent state. Um, I took visits, I think I took visits to Western Kent state and Dayton, um, were my three official visits. And, but it it came down to Kent because Kent had been recruiting me since like literally day one. I mean, I think they saw me as a seventh grader or something like that. Um, and so, uh, I just, I don't know if it was a pros and cons list, but I do remember sitting down at the kitchen table with my mom and dad and we were just going through kind of anything and everything you could possibly think about, you know, what about this, you know, does this school have that? And, uh, yeah. you know, um, so I felt like it was a long and thorough process. Um, it just, it was very interesting because I think when I, 
originally went into the process, you know, I, I said things like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to be close to home. Like I want to go away to school. And then I ended up, you know, at a place two hours away from home. So (laughs) I feel like I went into the process wanting something completely different than what I got coming out of it. Um, but I, I still feel like I, I nailed it in terms of, you know, my experience. So. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, now that you're on the other side, okay. Mm -hmm. So you're the recruiting coordinator at North Carolina. Um, big time basketball school. What do you think is some of the best advice that you could give a kid? Um, Cause you're, you're talking about, you know, your dream school was Michigan, obviously BCS. Um, you ended up mid-major. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was obviously a very, very good, good experience. When it comes to making a decision for yourself, what advice do you have for kids who are in the midst of trying to make a decision on a school um, and also looking at, you know, having dreams or aspirations of, of playing BCS? Yeah, I mean, I think you should just really think about fit and and do your research, right? Like, do your research in terms of what their roster looks like, um, you know, currently and what it's going to look like when you're a freshman there. Um, what are their needs? You know, are you really going to have an opportunity to, you know, think about what you want your experience to look like? And if it's, if it's I want to play and I want to be – you know, an integral part of, of this team's success. Um, I think you should really make sure that that's, you know, that's possible um, at, you know, at, a, at the BCS level. And, and for some that is, you know, for sure. Some, some, some players, you know, you're a shoe in to what, what that, that school needs. Um, but, but make sure that's the case because I think, um, I think nowadays, I mean, and you've, you know, you've experienced this, you know, being at Creighton and um, playing and coaching at Creighton, I think, you know, at, at, at the mid-major level, you can accomplish anything and everything, uh, you know, individually and collectively that you would want out of, you know, a, a basketball experience. Um, and so it's not a knock on you by going, you know, uh, to a mid-major school as opposed to a, a BCS uh, school. And, you know, I think there's a lot of arguments out there that, you know, mid-majors are equally as good as a lot of BCS schools. It's just the name, you know, that's on on the, the back of the jersey. So I think it's, you know, really, really sit down and think about what you want out of your experience. And if, if it can't happen at a certain place, don't sacrifice, um, you know, your individual wants and needs, because I believe that you will go there. And or if you do go there, you will be unhappy. Um, And I think that's, that's why you see the transfer portal looking the way that it does. Yeah. 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 Oh, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So say you're a kid. Okay, you're wanting to get recruited. Um, and if they send you an email or if someone's trying to reach out to you, that is actually your caliber, your level, whether you're at Princeton or, or North Carolina, um, what makes you open the email and what, what has to be in there, um, in order to get your attention? One, I think just those, those first couple sentences in the email, um, you know, whether that's who they are or accomplishments or what it is, I think that's probably as far as I get in terms of, and this is, might be a bad thing, I, you know, no, I, this is good. <laughs> but, but I would say, yeah, that's probably about as far as I get is the first paragraph in those emails. Um, and then obviously video, I think video to me is um, probably the one thing that I would probably pay attention to the most because especially at Princeton, I know, you know, I was responsible for, for most of those. Um, and so I would, you know, read first couple sentences about who the kid was you know, probably what height, what position, what year, 
yeah. um, just to kind of get those essentials. And then I would go straight to the, to the film and, and watch it and just, you know, form an opinion off of that. So, um, so I would say for sure, make sure there's video, like the word docs with like all the stats and stuff, like, nah, nah, <laughs> you can save your time on that one. Um, personally, I mean, maybe someone else might like that, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's as short and to the point yeah. it can be with the with the actual content of what you're saying and then video is obviously the um the best way you can kind of get a feel for it that you can play. A good subject line too is, you know, sometimes will sway my <laughs> like if it's like top twenty one in the state of Cali, like you know, some of those are stretches at times. Um, but I think that definitely like at least opens my eyes for a sec and then that gets me to maybe read five sentences instead of four <laughs> and then <laughs> go straight to the film. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of kids don't realize and maybe even high school coaches too, like your your inbox is flooded. Right. So, yeah, it's not crazy that you don't take the time and look at every single email. Yeah. You have a million other things going on. So um, that's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So you get past the part that you you're actually interested in the kid. Say your video coordinator is like, hey, you got to check this kid out. You know, you think she's good enough to at least get on the phone with um, because it's a kid that's not, you know, on a prospect list that you had already created. What are you looking for in those phone calls um, from a parent standpoint and an athlete standpoint? So are there some red flags or some things that you're looking for in a conversation to continue to pursue that kid? Well, one, I, I hope they have some personality. I know it's, it's not very fun to talk to, to kids that like, are just complete duds. Um, I mean, obviously you have to, you know, some really good basketball players are not overly into communication um which is fine uh but just you know try to meet me halfway a little bit in in terms of you know being able to hold a conversation for at least five to ten minutes uh i won't i promise i won't keep you on the phone for a half hour but um you know just especially if you're interested like right like if if you're interested you should definitely make an effort um if you're not interested that's a whole other thing um but if there's interest on your part i mean definitely try to be able to hold a conversation um for a little bit uh i think um in terms of the the kind of recruit parent dynamic, um, I think it's always telling like how a, a recruit, you know, how they treat their parents is very much, I think it's, you know, it, it correlates to how they will treat us as coaches. Um, so I think we, we try to pay attention to, um, you know, that parent recruit dynamic, um, if you will, because I think that that's important. Um, you know, if they're, I think if they're respectful and kind, um, in, in that regard, I think they will be that when they, they come to campus. Um, and if it's on the flip side, I think that can be a red flag in terms of, you know, they're, they're not necessarily as coachable um, because they weren't even, you know, they didn't listen to their parents. So why would they listen to you as a coach? <laughs> um, so I think that's one red flag. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, I think it, it's nice to, you know, obviously every family dynamic is different. Um, so, you know, you have to be open in that sense from a coaching standpoint. Right. Um, but I think the, the parents are, are equally as valuable in the recruiting process. You obviously, uh, for some recruits, the parents are, are more into the process. They want, they, you know, they love the process and want to be recruited as much as the kid does. And some are just like, this is all about the kid, you know, let them do, I'm letting them do it. And, you know, I'm just here for, for them. 
Um, so I think it's trying to feel that out. Okay, so you got them on campus. They're a freshman. Um, you know, we're going to get to the player development side of, of your job because obviously you've worked with a lot of guards, um, a lot of really good basketball players, um, and then you've had a personal experience on the court yourself to where you know what it's like to feel what they're feeling on the court. You know what it's like in your development. You, you know what it took to get to where you got. Um, so now that you're on the other side, you're confident, you have a different mentality. Um, how do you impart your confidence to those kids um, when, you're, when you're developing them as players in, at the college level? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question because um, I think it's 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 kind of hard, honestly, um, because, you know, I think confidence and like effort, those are things that you really can't coach per se. Um, but I think uh, I just try to, to lead by example. Um, and so I think I approach every workout every day, every practice, you know, whatever it is, I think I approach it with a certain level of energy and and confidence myself um and you know expectation and and things like that that really hopefully translate into you know what we're doing in terms of uh skill workout right um so i i think that's one thing i think another thing is just you know really just honing in on who the kid is because i think each kid is different some people are overly confident some you know lack some confidence especially on the women's side but i think it's huge right i think um, I think females in general just just need to be stroked sometimes and need to be reminded that they are good enough. And so um, I think knowing that uh, and just you know, I never had that problem, but <laughs> but I know <laughs> but I know that that is a thing. And so um, you know, I think in, in my professional career, I think that's definitely a thing for me. And so I I, I you know I, I try to do that in terms of you know whether it's having you know one on one conversations with kids, whether it's before workouts or during workouts and just pulling them aside and saying, Hey, you're good enough. Like we can do this. Like let's, let's put in the time and, right. and let's get after it today and let's be better. And like setting expectations and setting goals and, you know, short-term goals, long-term goals, things like that. Right. Um, and showing them film and you know, how, you know, this is what we can improve on. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, you did it. Like we're getting better at this. Um, and then this is how we can be even better. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, just there's, a, it's a lot of different ways, but just, um, you know, I think it's a daily approach to just really instilling that confidence, you know, sure. in them. Sure. Yeah. And no, I, and I like that. I like that you remind them and you show them that they're, they're actually reaching the milestones, Yeah. And, you know, little steps that they're, you know, that they're taking and that they're achieving, um, to keep their confidence up. Yeah. Um, I can see it. So through, through your coaching career, um, you've, you've, like we talked about, you, you've coached a lot of really good players. Um, now that you have some experience under your belt, what have you noticed about kids who actually develop and maybe exceed, you know, or reach their ceilings versus kids who kind of plateau um, and don't necessarily develop as much as you, you would have thought? Yeah, uh, that's another great question. Um, I think – I don't know. My head just immediately went to to Kobe and just like that mama mentality. And like, so I I think in terms of of those that, you know, continue to, you know, just get better. I think those are the ones that really put in the time and, you know, whether they're talented or a little less talented, um, it's the work ethic that really separates you. Um, And I think, you know, Kobe always, you know, he always talks about just he, he had the talent, but he also had the work ethic 
ethic and that's what made him so good right and so he kept getting better and he never plateaued because he wouldn't allow himself to do that and so I think the, the what separates the good players from the great players and the players that plateau from the players that continue to get better is that they're, it's a constant grind, it's a constant work ethic, and they're never satisfied, and they're always working at their craft, and you know, you're never good enough. And so um, I think if there is a plateau, it's, you know, it may, maybe the ones that plateau are you know, necessarily working, but maybe it's, it's just a different kind of, of effort in terms of their, their work. Um, right. And maybe they're not working on the right things, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I definitely think that's, that's probably at the root of it all. Okay. I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, do you feel like you've noticed anything, say, say with a player who you feel is going to be really good, um, you know, as far as your, your ability, to, ability to coach them, their coachability, I guess, and then um, maybe their ability to translate some of the, you know, stuff that you're trying to get them to change or to improve. Um, do you feel like there's a difference between, I, I guess, controllable things, that there's a difference between kids who are able to take that information and, and apply it versus kids who aren't. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the coachable ones and you have talent, like, holy crap, like you have the potential to be amazing, right? Like the sky is the limit in terms of, of how good you can be if, if you're talented and also can take constructive criticism and, and put that into what you're working on daily mm-hmm. um, and allow other people to help you get better. Like I, you know, I, Again, I talk about the perspective that I have now as a coach and I think about what I thought I knew as a player at the age of, you know, 21, 19, you know, whatever, how old, however old I was when I played college basketball. But like, I, I, I did not know a lot now that I know what I know now, you know, and, and I don't think you know that as a player, you think you know everything, you know, because you have this success, but like, you know, coaches most of them hopefully know what they're talking about, um, especially at the college level. And, you know, even at the high school level, I think there's some really good high school coaches out there. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think they're, and the high school coach is, is very impressionable on a kid. So, you know, I think that that is an important thing too. So the more you are open to learning and listening, um, you know, I think, I think the better. If you're a high school coach right now and you're, you're having to deal with, Obviously, it's different. High school is different. You know, some kids are there because they just their parents want them to have something to do. Yeah, kids are really there for it. Um, yeah, like how would you handle having some talented kids and and making sure that you're doing the best that you can to get them ready um, for college for the next level? Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's it's uh, it's about that daily process with with the the really good ones um, and you know, it's, you got to coach every kid differently. Right. And we talk about that as, as college coaches and especially at the high school level. So if there are some that are just doing it cause it's a, you know, it's a, a winter sport and they're just checking a box and you know, they're just kind of there to be there. Like that's fine. But then the ones that are there because they're basketball players and they, they want to play, you know, play this thing out. I think you have to know that and, and really, you know, whether it's, you know, pre-practice stuff, you know, getting, you know, getting in the gym with them before practice and spending some time with them before the collective group gets there or, or post-practice, um, you know, keeping them around to show them some things or talk through some things with them or, you know, showing them a read in your offense, you know, hey, you know, this is something that I think, you know, we can be really good at or you can be really good at, um, you know, if it's whether it's one player, or, you know, two, three, four players or whatever. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think, you know, fundamentals is huge at that that level. So constantly getting the kids in the gym that mm-hmm. want to be there. Um, 
you know, and it can be an open thing, right? Like say whoever wants to be here, you know, at this time, I'm going to be here. So, you know, come, come if you come, if you will. And so the ones that want to be there will be there. Um, and so I think, you know, the extra time is, is what that's, that's really what gets the kids better at that, that age. And so I think that's incredibly important because there's, there's so many things that kids really don't know and, and haven't practiced enough by the time they get to college, um, that really sets them back. So, um, I think high school coaches can spend a ton more in terms of, you know, just the time that they spend in terms of teaching and what they emphasize, right? Like, it's not always about what you teach, but it's about what you emphasize. And I think that's huge because, you know, building really good habits early is, is going to benefit, benefit the kids later. Yeah. All right. So one of the questions that I did not ask earlier, um, as it pertains to athletes trying to get recruited, um, obviously the time that we're in with COVID-19, uh, recruiting has changed. I'm sure you guys have done some virtual visits and all, you know, that kind of stuff. A lot of FaceTimes. Um, if you're an athlete right now, okay, so the spring evaluation has been canceled. Um, who knows what's coming for a July evaluation period? Say there's no no July. Um, if you're an athlete right now and you're Division One player, Division Two, whatever level you are, um, how are you navigating this? If you're not super happy with your options that are on the table, how what would what would you do to you know open up more options as a as a recruited athlete? Yeah, um, that's hard, right? Uh, I think it's um, it stinks for some that that needed this summer uh, to really you know show what they've been been working on and, and show you know how how good they are. Um, so I think. For if you if you don't have the opportunity to play, I think it's probably important just to be proactive in other ways. So I think um, whether it's you know sending emails uh, directly to coaching staffs, um, you know with with that that quick synopsis of who you are and, and what you've done, and and a you know a film breakdown of of highlights um, or full games. Um, I think uh, you know if you have numbers or you know phone phone numbers and, and different things like that of of coaches. Um, but just, you know, if there's a, if there's a high school coach or an AU coach of yours, you know, give them a short list and say, Hey coach, this is, these are the top five schools, like top five dream schools. You know, would you mind reaching out? Um, cause I know, you know, high school coaches and, and AU coaches usually have, you know, that in route to, yeah. to talk to a lot of college coaches. And so maybe that, that'll get their attention more so than an email will. Sure. Um, but yeah, just trying to use, tap into all your resources and, but just being overly communicative and, and really just trying to find ways to, you know, to be proactive, to get your name and get, get that foot in the door. Just in general. Okay. So you're talking to maybe a gym full of high school coaches and um, a lot of times the, the clinics and all the stuff that's out there, like I said earlier, it doesn't necessarily apply to their situation. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get good information for them that it would, that would actually translate to what their situation is. Do you have any advice or anything that you've learned over your career so far um, that would help them? Um, I, I mean, I guess I would just say continue to just continue to grind wherever you are. Um, and uh, I think I was on an, maybe it was a, a step up call the other day where they were saying like, the big time is wherever you are. Yeah. And like that translated to me in a way because, um, you know, no matter where you work or where, you know, where you coach, you know, I think as long as you, as, as long as you see that and work 
as if you're, you know, as if you're coaching at freaking UConn every single day, like, um, and you put that pressure on yourself to be great every single day. I, you know, I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, whether you coach, you know, at, you know, Northside high school or, um, you know, freaking Louisville, right. I think w- what you're doing is important and the impact that you're going to have on, on others is important. So, you know, treat it as that, you know, really work on your craft and, um, you know, talk to, talk to others. If, if you can't do, you know, if you can't go to clinics and, you know, you don't necessarily have the tools, um, and the access to, to do that, then, you know, develop a small circle around you that is supportive, but also, um, you know, will lift you up and, 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 and help you be better. Um, I, there, there has to be, you know, a local way of, you know, communicating with others and, and talking to others in terms of, you know, from coach from a coaching standpoint. Right. Um, in terms of just, you know, just talking about ideas and, you know, what do you guys do with this? What type of offense do you guys run? Do you like, you know, just in terms of, you know, talking X's and O's with, with other coaches um, in terms of, you know, how we can be better there. Um, hopefully that's helpful. I, I think from a player's perspective, just again, like no matter where you are, no matter what level you're projected to play at or be at, I think, you know, the big time is where, where you are.